Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast with Hal Elrod. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you will learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He is the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, an international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of VIPSuccessCoaching.com, Mr. Hal Elra. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners. This is Hal Elrod. Welcome to another episode. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, today we've got an interview with the co-author of a phenomenal book called Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. Uh, our, our guest today is Rob Schallenberger. And beyond just being an author of the book, I mean, that that it is a bestseller, but that's just one of, of many things that Rob does. He's actually the uh, co-founder of and the CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. And he was actually born in Utah. And uh, in 2000, he graduated with a degree in marketing. He went on to earn his MBA from Colorado State University. And then, not, not, uh, not, a, not I believe this is the first person I've ever interviewed on the show, that he uh, served as an F-16 fighter pilot in the Air Force for 11 years. And he was also an agent, or I'm sorry, an advance agent for Air Force One and traveled the world working with foreign embassies and the Secret Service. So he's led a pretty cool lifestyle. Um, now he's a top-rated global speaker and trainer. Uh, he and his team have trained Fortune 500 companies and government leaders around the world. And although Rob is absolutely passionate about his work and being successful in life, uh, also at home. And he considers his greatest accomplishment to be that he's been married for 17 years and he has four beautiful children. He's got a boy and, uh, and three younger girls. So Rob, thanks so much for being on the show, my friend. Well, Hal, it is a pleasure, and thank you so much. And I've got to say to any listener, you know, what a fabulous person Hal is, isn't he? Uh, you know, <laughs> my wife that. my wife started reading your book maybe about a month ago or so after I gave it to her, and it has changed her life. Wow. And I gave it to our vice president of business development. He gave the book to his wife, and she said, you know what, this is changing my life. And, and she spread it around the neighborhood. So I think what you're doing, Hal, is wonderful. Wow, maybe I need to change my, maybe that's a great marketing angle. Instead of change your life, it's change your wife, <laughs> right? The miracle morning, change your wife. Just give her this book and then sit back and watch the magic happen. Would that, I don't know if that'd be politically incorrect or I'm not just sure. Don't tell her, just don't tell her you're trying to change her. <laughs> just don't tell her, exactly. No, I always, I joke, my, uh, my best year ever blueprint, my first live event, I had a couple of my friends that couldn't come, but they sent their significant others. And that was kind of the running joke is, uh, you know, all right, well, don't worry, I'll fix them for you and send them back, you know? <laughs> so, but, but that applies for ladies too. If your husband needs fixing, right? Yeah, it's either way. So that's right. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for the kind words, Rob. I really appreciate that. Um, let's let's talk. You know, you've you've had a fascinating life. Again, F sixteen fighter pilot. That that just that, that's really neat. Working with the Secret Service, right? These really cool kind of experiences that you've had. Uh, now you're a leadership expert. Working with your your dad, uh, co-founder of the, your company, Stephen Schallenberger. But where did you give us some background? Where did you get started? What kind of led you into uh, the work that you do today? Well, that's a good question, Hal. And you know, I grew up in a home where it was a great home. My parents taught me well. And I met people from every background. And what I've learned is really it doesn't matter what background we come from. Each one of us has to be converted at some point individually. In other words, the desire has to come from within each one of us at some point. And I remember for me this happened at age 16. You know, I was working at a water park and I was their garbage guy. 
glamorous. It was glamorous. You yeah. know, my job was to walk around and pick up trash in the 100-degree heat. And I remember one hot, sunny afternoon in July, I looked over, and there were my buddies from high school playing in the wave pool. And I looked down, and there was a half-eaten hot dog sitting at my feet. So I picked up that hot dog and threw it in my bag, and I got ketchup and mustard all over my arms. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, this is horrible. This is not what I want to be doing the rest of my life. And what happened to me right there at 16 years old in that summer heat was a shift in desire. Hmm. And that's where it all changed for me. And I realized the power of desire. And so I started asking myself, well, what is it that I want to accomplish? What is it that I want to do? And that's where the vision and dream of becoming a fighter pilot really started to crystallize in my mind. So I went to work developing a plan and trying to make that a reality. And it took eight years, but it finally became a reality. And it started for me that summer afternoon when I was 16 years old with that shift in desire. And since then, Hal, you know, I've been all over the world and I've seen this pattern repeat itself both in my life and other people's. That If we want to see serious transformation, it starts number one with desire. I mean, in the miracle morning, wouldn't you agree that desire is a powerful uh, part of the miracle morning? Yeah, I think that it's, I think that that's where it all begins is what, you know, what is the desire that you have for your life that you would use the miracle morning to, you know, to, to manifest that desire and make it a reality. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I saw that pattern where people then, once they have the desire, they set a clear vision, they develop goals and an actual plan to achieve that vision and make it a reality. You know, and the other thing I learned from that is that as I went along, every once in a while that little voice came into my mind saying, you can't do this. And then I'd look at people who had done it and I said to myself, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it. I remember showing up at pilot training and I saw some of the people graduating and going off to fly F-15s and F-16s and I thought, man, if they can do this, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. And I've repeated that phrase to myself many times throughout the year. So maybe that answers that question. It, you know, it really started with that desire. And even growing up in a new home, I realized, or in a nice home, I realized that this has to happen within each one of us at some point in our life. That, you know, you shared something there uh, that I want to highlight for everyone listening, which is that if they can do it, I can do it. You know, and I think that for me was the belief that transformed my life early on when I was 19 and I started in sales and I found out that this girl had just broken the 50 year old company record. And I went, Hey, if she could do it right, why not me? And, and yeah. I think that so often we create separation between ourselves and people that are achieving at the highest level. And, and that's a, that's just a huge mistake. You can't create separation between you and them. You've got to use that. What they've done is evidence of what's possible for you. Right. So I think that you doing that is, is, is crucial. Yeah, that's a great highlight, Hal. Great point. Cool. So uh, let's let's dive in a little bit here. The you know failing forward is what I like to call this segment of of the episode, and it's the idea that you know failure is something people often avoid, but it's <laughs> such a crucial part of success. In fact, it's an inevitable part of success. There's you know very few, if any, human being on the planet that didn't encounter failure on their way to success, and maybe more importantly, that that failure didn't act as a springboard to catapult them towards success or or play such an important role in it. So while your success is impressive, you know, being a fighter pilot, starting your company, best-selling author, talk about your most notable failure uh, and how you overcame it and, and then how you've grown and what you've learned or gained as a result of that experience. Yeah, Hal, you know, this one's actually kind of a personal story that I'll share with you. Uh, before I do, you know, you just hit on something and that is key. Of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, do you mind if I share this with you just briefly before? Yeah, please. I have a story. The way these 12 principles came about is uh, between my dad and I, there's 40 years of research 
asking the question, what sets apart outstanding leaders and organizations from everyone else? So we've interviewed all of these CEOs, over 150 CEOs, looked at all these different companies. You know, why do some people succeed everywhere they go while others just, you know, can't do it? So for example, uh, you have a coach that comes to the University of Utah, wins a BCS championship, goes to Florida, wins another national championship, goes down to Ohio State and does the same thing there. How does Urban Meyer do something like that? And so that's where the 12 principles came from. And number 12 is never give up. Mm. In other words, you're right. We're all going to have challenges. I mean, I read in your book what you went through. Imagine how many times it went through your mind. You know what? This is just, I'm just going to call it good here. Sure. We're all going to be hit with those. And I love what you said there, you know, talking about failure. In our seminars, I asked the question, I said, all right, everyone say the first word that comes to mind. And then I asked them the question, what is the opposite of success? Hmm. And almost everyone will say failure. Failure, sure. And just like you said, absolutely not. In fact, failure is a stepping stone to success. The real opposite of success is when we give up or quit. That's yeah. the only way to assure defeat. And where I learned this lesson personally was when I was 16 years old, I decided I wanted to wrestle. <laughs> and so I went out and I wrestled. And you know, I had a good sophomore year in high school. It was fine. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Well, I, I mean, I determined internally that this is something I really wanted to do. And so, you know, with the help of my dad, we found a, a wrestler down at Brigham Young University. He was a two-time All-American wrestler. And I went and spent every day of the summer working out and practicing with him. And it got to the point where I was a pretty good wrestler. And so as I came back in the fall, I, I wrestled what was considered to be the best wrestler at our high school and beat him in about 30 seconds. And everyone started saying to me, oh, you're going to be a state championship or a state champion. You know, man, you're so good. And all of a sudden, this little voice came into my mind. And it said, hey, Rob, you can keep wrestling and maybe be a state champion or you can quit. And then you can always say for the rest of your life that you could have been a state champion. Hmm. And for some reason, I gave in to that second voice. And I wow. thought, I'm just going to quit now. And then the, for the rest of my life, I'll be able to say, you know, I could have been a state champion. And I consider that to be one of my greatest three regrets in life. As I go back, you know, that was a failure for me. Yeah. And, and it still haunts me to this day. But the lesson I learned from that really reverberated about two years later when I was kicking myself. And I said, you know what? I can take that failure and let it bog me down. Or I can use that to turn it into a life lesson. And so I did. Uh, and the new mantra became, when Schallenberger start, we finish. Ha, I love it. And so for the rest of my life, through pilot training, uh, for a two-year service mission in the high mountains of Bolivia, you know, through the rest of my life, things got tough many other times. But because of that experience with wrestling, I said, never again will I quit for any reason. I can make course adjustments, but I won't quit. Uh, and that was a failure that I learned from that changed my life. And, you know, if I can just share one more thing with you on that note, Hal. Yeah, please. You know, what I learned is the cure that, or the antidote for that fear of failure is action. Uh, we all have that little voice in our head that's going to tell us what we can and can't do and dissuade us. And I've learned that the way to counter that voice is to simply take action. Put one foot in front of the other and try. That's great. Because I mean, the, oh, go ahead. It's what, so what you said. The only way to assure defeat is not to try in the first place. And that's why it's negative programming from the world to say that the opposite of success is failure. Uh, like you said, failure is just a stepping stone. But if we don't try in the first place, we've assured defeat. And in a seminar, I'll tell these people, you know what? It doesn't matter if your son or daughter is running for student body president. 
If they go out and lose, so what? At least they're one step closer to success and they are in the 10% that at least tried. Most people won't even try because of that fear of failure. That's, uh, I, I, I ran for student body president when I was in seventh grade and uh, I, I tried <laughs> I tried all the dirt cheap tricks. I promised everyone <laughs> that we would get lunch every day for pizza, like all kinds of stuff that I had no power to <laughs> implement. <laughs> but I thought, what would be ideal? What would make me vote for someone? Oh, pizza every day and on and on and on. But anyway, but uh, <laughs> but I definitely, I didn't win. The pretty girl won. But uh, <laughs> but I think that, no, what you're talking about is, and, and I, I would only imagine you're obviously... As it's a, a family mantra now, right? Uh, say it again. It's the Schallenbergers never quit or what? Tell me again the mantra. Yeah. When Schallenbergers start, we finish. That's great. And I would imagine that that's something you've embedded into your children's subconscious mind from an early age. Yeah. You know what? We just, just a few weeks ago, it was the end of the school year for my 13-year-old son. And uh, he was talking about how a B is good enough. Ah. And, you know, if, if a person is really doing their best and that's, what they've earned after giving it their all, then absolutely B is good enough. But in his case, he had all A's and then a single B, and I knew he was capable of more. Mm-hmm. And so I shared this story with him, and uh, whatever was triggered inside of him you know, fired him up. And he said, all right, I'm going to go get an A. And he worked at it and got an A. He could have given up and just ran out the last three weeks of the year. Instead, you know, he doubled down and developed a plan, and he turned it into an A. And that reminds me of one of the greatest guiding principles, which is that, you know, it's not about who you're, what you're doing as much as it is about who you're becoming and who he became as a result of that, you know, that slight, I mean, yeah, could have settled for the B, but by, by doing the extra, going the extra mile and getting that, you know, straight A's by the end, I mean, what, what a, what a great, not just a lesson for him to learn, but, but who he became in that process, would you say is, is, is going to last him, you know, the rest of his life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the greatest leadership challenges is parenthood. So we keep working <laughs> at it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's the whole never give up. That's a mantra. I've been teaching my two and a half year old son. And it's funny whenever he's doing anything, uh, even like playing a game on the iPad, it's so cute. He'll, uh, you know, he'll lose and go, oh, dad, dad, bad guy beat me. It, it, it's okay. Never give up. Never give up. He just, it's so funny. So sweet. Oh, um, I don't awesome. know if my I don't know if my impression was nearly as adorable um, as when he actually says that, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's <laughs> all right. Okay, cute, cool. Um, the uh, so let's talk about facing fear. You mentioned in there, um, you know, a fear, and I, I want to know what's been your greatest fear, and, and how have you managed to overcome it, or or maybe you haven't overcome it, and uh, like you said, fear disappears in the face of action. So maybe it's a fear that continues to be part of your world, but you just act despite it. So talk about your greatest fear and, and how you overcome it or how you manage it. Well, and I'll be the first to say, Hal, I think this little voice is with all of us. The more I learn about this, the more real and powerful I see that it is in the lives of almost everyone I've met. And when we do a corporate training with a group or whether it's people that attend our Breakthrough Leadership Conference, this is one of the things we do is go through how to overcome that negative program, that little voice in our mind telling us what we can and can't do. And you know, I'd say that's probably one of my uh, things that just like a lot of other people that I still face on a day-to-day basis. And it's that little voice saying, you know, you're not good enough. You can't do this. Other people can do it, but you can't do it. Uh, and you know what? I've learned that that little voice is exactly that. It's a little voice. It is not reality. And there are plenty of ways to turn off that voice. Affirmations, which I know you use, positive self-talk, and other things. Uh, you know, here's, a, here's an interesting little challenge that 
Anyone can try who would like to. It's not easy, but it's eye-opening. And that is to carry a little journal or diary with you throughout the entire day. And every time you have a thought about yourself, write that thought down. Hmm. And at the end of the day, go back and look at what you've written. And I ask in our seminars, you know, what would happen if we talked to other people the same way we talk to ourselves in our mind? <laughs> yep. And a lady said, well, I wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why do we talk to ourselves that way? And absolutely, I face that reality. You know, constantly it's there. But it's a matter of overcoming and changing that programming, changing that voice. Uh, do you mind if I just share one story with you on that? Yeah, please do. There's a friend of mine. I, this is why the more I learn about it, the more I realize how powerful that voice can become if we allow it to become powerful. So I have a friend, he just owns a small business, just a handful of employees, and so he goes to a lot of his own sales appointments. And he told me that one day he had a sales appointment with a large potential client. So he drove 40 minutes to that appointment. And when he got to the door, he'd been, you know, that little voice was just dominating the discussion in his mind the entire way down. So when he got to the door, to the building, he reached his hand down for the door and he could not open it. So he actually turned around and went back to his car, got in his car and drove home. Completely blew off the appointment because of that little voice telling him there's no way he was going to get that sale, that he wasn't good enough. And so that, you know, that, that voice is in all of us and it's a matter of how do we overcome it. And I will just say that again, that what I've learned is that little voice is exactly that. It's a little voice and it is not reality. And that's why if we just simply take action, if we open that door and walk in, We've already crushed that voice, you know, so by taking action, I've learned that that's one way to get rid of that fear. Yeah, that, again, that's, I think that's, you're making an important point, too, which is that, you know, successful people, it's not that they live in the absence of fear, right? They don't, they, it's, not, it's not that we live in the absence of fear or insecurity or, you know, it's all, every, every human being deals with all of that. It's just that I, I think the difference is that the average person lets their fears and their insecurities dictate what they do, whereas successful people let their commitments dictate what, they're, what they do, right? Their vision, their goals. It's like, yeah, I don't feel like it. I'm afraid. I'm insecure. But I'm still committed, right? I'm still going to do it. I'm still committed. So I think that, that's the biggest difference. Yeah, what if we look through history, Hal, at all these names that did amazing things? Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, who crossed the river at night. Uh, you know, to the invading army on the other side of the river, to Nelson Mandela, uh, to Martin Luther King. How many of these people probably had that fear or that voice in their mind, but they overcame it, they took action, and what would have happened had they not? Yeah, 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 uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not, not, contemplating that is, uh, you know, it's like you, you can't even imagine how the hit, hit course of history, the ripple effect from some of the, the actions that they took, you know, you can't even really fathom what, what life would be like without that. Yeah, and the bottom line is that each one of us can boil it down to our own personal lives. It doesn't have to be crossing you know, a river to the invading army. It can be something as simple as what we face in the morning, like what you've written about, an addiction, or all these other things that a lot of people face on a day-to-day -day basis. So let me ask you this. You're, you, know, you wrote a fantastic book, Becoming Your Best, um, forward written by Stephen Covey. Covey? Covey? How am I? Covey. Yeah, Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. Um, and, uh, you know, author of Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Uh, Jack Canfield has endorsed your book. James Malinchek. I mean, it's just got a ton of, ton of praise. Uh, and I wanted to know, uh, we don't have time, obviously, to go through all 12 of the principles of highly successful leaders that you talk about in the book. But can you share that, like, your top three, the three that you feel like make the biggest impact for an individual or, or for an organization? <laughs> 
Absolutely. And you know what's funny? Who you ask that question to will give you a very different answer. So I, get, I ask that question to people and I get a different answer every time. So my three may be very different than someone else's. Uh, but number one would be principle number two. I'll combine principle number two and three, which is to lead with a vision and manage with a plan. In other words, have a clear personal vision, the why, you know, your purpose for getting up in the morning. You know, for all the listeners, and this is something I ask myself as well, if I asked you, what is your why? You know, what is your purpose? What gets you up in the morning and gets you excited? How would you answer that? For me? Well, no, not for you. I'm just... In, a, in general, just a, got it. <laughs> just a rhetorical question for any listener. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to answer it in my head, so keep going. Yeah, that, and that's it. You know, I ask myself that each day. What, why am I getting up today? What's my purpose, my vision? And once you have an inspiring vision, what are the smart goals that we have in our lives to make that vision a reality? So, for example, if my vision were as simple as be fit and healthy, a goal to make that a reality might be run a half marathon with less than a 10.30 pace by July 30th. Or maybe another goal would be no eating after 8 o'clock p.m. So, in other words, we have our why and our vision, and then we create smart goals, specific measurable goals to make that a reality. And if I was to ask any of us rhetorically, you know, what is something that you really want to accomplish in your life? What is something that you would really love to do that may even seem challenging, tough, and maybe not even possible? And I would ask that person, to include myself, to write whatever that is in the form of a SMART goal. And what I've learned is that we are 90% more likely to accomplish something if we have a clearly written goal. But in a study we did, we found that less than 10% of people have clearly written goals. Wow. And by simply writing the goal, you put yourself in the 10% of people. And so that's what one invitation I would make is, you know, come up with something it is that you really want to do in life as a parent, as a spouse, as a business owner, whatever it might be, and then develop a smart goal on how you can make that a reality. Uh, so that's number one, Hal, is to have a clear vision okay. and then a plan to make that vision a reality. And number two would be prioritize your time. In other words, if I was to ask everyone to you know, raise your hand or or stand up, if you ever felt stressed, how many people would raise their hand? Yeah, of course, everyone. <laughs> everyone. Or how many of us feel like we're just being pulled in all these different directions? Well, most of us feel that way uh, on a pretty consistent basis. And so to help with that, uh, one of the things we do as pilots is pre-flight planning. I'm sure you've heard of that, Hal. You know, before you go out to a jet, sure. you check the weather, the gas, and everything, and then you go out with a plan. Well, kind of like pre-flight planning, we've created or coined a term called pre-week planning. And this is a very powerful tool to help people prioritize their time. And so what this means is to sit down on Saturday or Sunday for 20 to 30 minutes and to plan your week around your priorities. In other words, what matters most in your different roles this week and then figure out when you'll do it. So for example, in the role of father, it might be to help my son with his Eagle project or play basketball with him one evening. In the role of husband, it might be to go on a date with my children, or excuse me, with my wife without the children, or leave a note for her telling her I love her. You know, these are little things that turn into huge things, like you said, Hal, a ripple effect. And, you know, just to illustrate this idea, a story comes to mind of a friend named Jill. And uh, I actually just changed her name there so that uh, in case she's listening, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll call her Jill. Yes. Uh, she said that, you know, she had a daughter who had a birthday in September. And she said, I really wanted to take my daughter out on a mother-daughter date. She said, but I just haven't gotten around to it because I've been so 
busy. You know, those famous words that we always hear. Sure. And I'm talking with her and I, I said to her aunt, or I, I almost said a real name. I said, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Jill, it's March. It's been six months since your daughter's birthday and you haven't taken her out for that special date? And her comment was, yeah, I know. I've just been so busy. So we introduced this idea of pre-week planning to her. She went onto our site and invested in one of our annual planners. And about two weeks later, I got a text from her and she said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Finally, for the first time ever, I feel like I have control of my life and my schedule. The most important things are no longer slipping through the cracks. And then she ended the text by saying, and you won't believe this, but I took my daughter out on the date. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And it was awesome. And we use this with executives around the world. And 100% of the people who use this uh, have some serious life-changing stories about how simply prioritizing their time around their roles changed everything for them. And so the third one is from the principle, apply the power of knowledge. In other words, how do we get the right knowledge in the first place so that we can then apply it? Because we can't apply something we don't have. In other words, it's not what we don't know that should concern us. It's what we don't know that we don't know. And so two ways to get the right knowledge is, and you suggested uh, one of these in your book, Hal, and that is to read at least a book a month. A book that teaches a new skill, a book that gives us motivation, whatever it might be. If, you know, if I want to be a better husband, it's a book a month on how to be a better husband. If I'm in sales, how do I increase my sales? And the second is to invest 3% of our income back into ourselves. Mm, love it. Now, let me just give you a couple of mind-boggling stats. These are actually hard to believe. 43% of college graduates will never read another book cover to cover. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's incredible. And 80% of households in the United States last year did not invest in a single book. So these are powerful principles. And the thing that I've learned is that successful leaders are readers. Sure. Over and over I see that. You know, and the investing part of it, we tend to invest in ourselves last. You know, as our friend James Melanchek would say, we're at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to our own investment. Uh, and just to pause here, I'd like to congratulate your listeners, Hal, for listening to this podcast. By simply doing that, they are in the 3%. Because there are a lot of people who find reasons why they can't invest the time to listen to a podcast, yet they're doing it. And so you think about investing 3%, and if you were the owner of a Super Bowl, super, or excuse me, of an NFL team that you wanted to win the Super Bowl, you know, I would ask myself, what do I need to give this team to become Super Bowl champions? Well, they'd have to have the right coaches, right? Sure. They'd have to have the right training and then the right tools. If we invest 3% of our income back into ourselves, if we're reading constantly, what we're doing is creating a Super Bowl-like NFL team within ourselves. We're giving ourselves the tools, the training, and the coaches to do that. You know, and, and I'll just share one last example of this. A lady who attended our Breakthrough Leadership Conference that we do in May and October it was interesting. She came up afterwards and said, you know what, I want you to know that I actually sat down at my computer five separate times to cancel my registration to the conference. <laughs> and she said, for some reason, I didn't do it. And being here changed my life. It gave me hope and a specific plan. And she said, I can't even imagine what would have happened had I canceled. You know, and that's just the simple power of her making the time and investing. So out of the book, those are just three things that have really made a difference in my personal life, Hal. And I've seen some of those also in in the miracle morning. Well, and it's, you know, I mean, some of the stats you gave show this, but it, those, these are three things that, you know, they're not rocket science, but they're fundamental 
to our success. And I think that some people, you know, I don't want to, I want to make sure to, people don't hear it and, and overlook it like clear vision. They might go, oh, I have heard before you create a clear vision, but you know, like you said, less than 10% of people actually do that where they've got a clear vision and a plan in place that they review every day to achieve their goals, you know? And yet that might be the single most important factor in whether or not someone achieves their goals. And the people that are doing that, they're, you know, they're achieving their goals. I mean, it's, it, it's not a coincidence. It really is a, a cause and effect. Um, as far as prioritizing your time, you know, again, planning your week around your priorities, especially for each role. I like that you focus on not just around each goal, but on each around each role, right? You might have goals in place, but maybe you don't have your family as one of your goals because you think that, well, they're there and I've got them in place. Yep. Well, A, I think you should have them as a goal, but even if not, if you're looking at your roles, if you're a husband, well, there are there should be goals around that, priorities around being a fantastic husband or a fantastic wife. If you are a parent, right, same thing. So I like that you're talking about touching on all the different roles in your life and sitting down every week for 30 minutes or so and, and, and planning your week around your priorities for every single role that, that is important to you. And then the third uh, component, just to reiterate what you said, is apply the power of knowledge. Reading a book a month that puts you in the top, you know, three percent of our society. And again, that percentage of our society, those are the people that are successful, that are achieving their goals and, and living life on their terms. But it's a small percentage. So if anybody listening does these three things, you know, clear vision, prioritize your time, and apply the power of knowledge, I think that really is a, a great foundation for. Uh, a successful life, successful business, a successful components of life like your marriage, your health, etc., and achieving your goals. So, uh, Rob, thank you for that. I really appreciate the clarity. Oh, you're welcome. So, um, the talk about this real quick. I'd love for you to touch on your circle of influence. You know, I, I'm such a big believer in one of the most important areas of our life that we can constantly monitor and and upgrade is the people that we are spending our time with and associating with and allowing to influence us. So um, who has made the greatest impact in your life, you know, mentor, friend, coach, family member, et cetera, related to the goals you've achieved and the success that you've enjoyed? And, and what are, what, you know, what's a tip that you have on how someone listening can upgrade uh, their circle of influence, you know, seeking out, aligning with people who can help them achieve their goals. So who's had the biggest impact in your circle of influence on your life and achieving your goals? And then any tips on how our listeners can uh, upgrade their circle of influence and, and align with successful people? Well, I'm glad you asked me this question, Hal, because this answer is very personal to me. And uh, so let me reverse the order in which I answered it, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Let me give the tip first. Uh, and you just mentioned it, so let me just build on what you said. One tip would be, Look at the five people who you consider to be closest to you. The five people who you spend the most time with. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, a lot of your listeners, have heard the adage that you become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Sure. But oftentimes we don't sit down and think about who those five people are. And so look at those five people who you spend the most time with and ask, you know, if, if your goal is to reach a certain financial level, what financial level are those five people at? If your goal is to become a certain type of person, what type of people are those five people? And are those five people inspiring you? Are they pushing you up or are they pulling on you? And really analyze that carefully because I found that to be very true in my life. So that's one tip. Uh, now to your other question. This one for me is a fairly easy answer because it's my father. That was my guess. <laughs> you know, and, and here's why. And I... And I won't share any names here, but let me just tell you why. You know that he authored the book, Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. 
That book is 40 years worth of research. I mean, it is his life encapsulated. Hmm. Looking at companies, looking at all of these different people and researching them. Now, I'm also, the close, I'm also a close friend with the owner of a protective service. In other words, they protect high-profile individuals. And any big name you can think of, just about, they have provided protective services for those people. And it's interesting. I sat down and talked with him you know, in a very intimate way. We were at dinner together. And what was interesting to know is his comment. He said that many famous authors, ones that we would all recognize, he said that when he's behind the scenes with them, they're very different people when you pull back the curtain. And he said that was really interesting to him that they would write a book about a certain thing. Then when you pull back the curtain, they were very different behind that curtain. And that's why I love my dad. That's why he is one of my mentors. Because what he writes about is what he has lived. And I've watched it since I was you know, born into this family and growing up. When he talks about character and vision and being an effective communicator and listening and doing these things, it's what he's done his whole life. And I can't count how many people come up to me just randomly and say, Oh, Schallenberger, I know your dad, Steve. He is the most wonderful man. He's done this and this. And you know, that's why I, I love and respect him so much. He's not only run successfully three businesses, but he's been married for more than 40 years and he has six children. Wow. And, and I think that's pretty neat in today's society when someone can actually do and live what they preach and what they share and what they say. I, I love it. I think that 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 you know, it's a reflection uh, of how great your dad is on you. I mean, you, or, or you are a reflection of your dad. I mean, I think that the principles that he lives by, he's instilled in you, and you're paying it forward and instilling it in your kids. And you guys are traveling the world and, and sharing it with uh, with organizations and individuals around the world. By the way, how, what what I know, you guys have been in quite a few countries. What are some of the 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 countries that you have run your your corporate trainings in? <laughs> All over. So uh, Australia. Uh, the Philippines, uh, Africa, we're going to Mexico, we're currently booked in uh, 12 different countries right now, going back to the Philippines again for a second time, Switzerland, Canada, uh, and you know one of the neatest experiences, you never know where life is going to take you. Uh, about a year and a half ago, a successful entrepreneur from Rwanda came up to us and said, hey, I would love to have you come to our country and train some of our young entrepreneurs and business leaders. Wow. And so in November, we went out and did a three-day leadership and success boot camp for 200 Rwandans. Wow. And I don't know if your listeners know this or not. I'm sure some do. But about 20 years ago, over the course of 100 days, 1.1 million Rwandans were killed in a mass genocide. Wow. I didn't know that. There were two tribes, the Hutus and the Tutsis, and the Hutus thought they were superior. And so over the course of 100 days, they slaughtered 1.1 million Tutsis using a machete. And so it's amazing being in that country because there's very few middle-aged folks. They're either old or they're young because a lot of them were killed during that genocide. And almost every single attendee had had a direct family member who was affected by that. And while we were there, it was such a phenomenal experience that the president of the country, President Kagame, invited us into his White House and we had a 30-minute private meeting with him. And everything we're talking about here in this podcast, we saw in him. He was the general that led that country out of the revolution and later became the president. I mean, where would you start? Where would I start if we were put into the president role in a war-torn country? Yeah. And one of the first things he did is he started with a clear vision. He said, our vision for Rwanda is to be a middle-income country by 2020 on the global stage as Rwandans. And what's interesting is we rode around in taxis and... 
and talk to hotel staff, we'd ask them, what's the vision for your country? And everyone knew it. Wow. There was hope. There was excitement. And it's also the second fastest growing economy in Africa. So that was just a real treat, you know, to go over and see things like that happening in different countries around the world. Who would have ever thought that we'd be in Rwanda having that kind of experience and seeing such an inspiring experience unfold? And now we're actually going to go back again in May uh, to do the same thing with a different group and speak at a university. So it's just thrilling to be a part of something like that. Very, very cool. On that note, let's you know, let's end that. If somebody wants to get in touch with you guys to bring you in for you know into their company or inquire about coaching or anything regarding you know their individual or or uh, business development, what's the best way to get more info, uh, Rob, and, and uh, get get more info and get in touch with you? Okay, yeah, good question. So there's three invitations I'd make if anyone wants more. Uh, number one, you know, it's the most simple, and you know this, Hal, and that is just to invest in the book. Sure. That is so easy. You go to Amazon. It's in Barnes and Noble bookstores. You know wherever. Just go click on it. If I ever hear a book that I, if I hear someone talk about a book that I like or sounds interesting, I immediately go and get it. Yeah, me too. I don't even care about the <laughs> And uh, and I know that you're that type of person as well, Hal. Like you just said. So number one, that's easy. Go get a book on Amazon. Uh, see what impact it may have on your family. And if you have not ordered Hal's book yet, macro, <laughs> go to Amazon and hit you know enter and get that thing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, number two is, you know, just as a free service, if you go to our website, becomingyourbest.com, and you put in your first name and email, we will send you a weekly email every Monday morning, and it explains what the principle is, how you can use it that week, and it gives you a weekly action item that you can use with your team, with your family, or even personally. And we have had people all over the world comment on how that success rhythm has transformed their lives. So that's simple. Becomingyourbest.com, put in your first name and email. It's a free service and we don't share that with third party marketers or anything else. That is all content and it's all for you. Uh, and then the last thing, if you're interested in any type of corporate training, uh, feel free to go to our website, send us an email at support at becomingyourbest.com. Even easier than that though, is if you would like to attend a Breakthrough Leadership Conference, we do two a year, one in May and one in October. They're two days, and it's a phenomenal experience. Do you mind if I just share one brief story with you, Hal, on that? Yeah, yeah. go ahead, please. You know, I've had a couple of people say, uh, after our last conference, they said, you know what? You saved a sinking ship in our family, in our business, and in our relationship with our son. And it wasn't us. It was them learning how to use the tools, the processes that allowed them to master these principles. It was them investing in themselves to be there and making the time to come. Uh, Another company used this six steps to planning and execution that we share in a seminar, and it's the book that we're writing right now. And they turned a $1 million contract into a $30 million contract. You know, and so it's the point of these people, and like us, Hal, you know, we're in the same position. Everyone's busy. It's just a matter of making the time. Uh, so if that's something that would be of interest to you, becomingyourbest.com, breakthrough leadership retreat, and just send us an email. And, you know, one thing that we'll do for Hal, for you, Hal, and for your listeners. I just walked downstairs and asked one of our team members to create this coupon code. Any one of your listeners that would like to come to our Breakthrough Leadership Conference, it's normally $1,200 a person, and it's out near Park City, Utah. What we'll do for you and any of your listeners, Hal, is if you would like to come, not only will I knock off $200 to make it $9.95, but you can bring a second person for free. Oh, very cool. And so the coupon code uh, in the spirit of Hal Elrod is Hal. <laughs> <laughs> And so they use enter. that. They go to becomingyourbest.com and then uh, and then click on the speaking and events and then on the Breakthrough Leadership Conference and then enter it in there. Is that is that how that works? Yeah, and then you would just hit register there and use the coupon code HAL 
and that will give you uh, the discount. So basically, you're getting two for one plus an additional $200 knocked off, and that's just one of the gifts that we have for your listeners, Hal. And it's a way to say thank you to you for all the good that you're doing in the world. That's great. I'm, I'm on the site. Thank you for that. And October 15th and 16th. So uh, anybody interested in, in learning how to take your leadership to another level, check that out. Uh, well, hey, Rob, thank you so much. Thank your dad. Pass on a thank you to your dad for raising such an awesome son, man. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he deserves some of the credit, right? Well, he and my mom. Yes, both of them. And your mom. There you go. And your mom. Yeah, I can't leave out mom. Cool. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, Achieve Your Goals listeners, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, you know what to do, right? Set those goals, review them every day, stay committed, and settle for nothing less than achieving all of the goals that matter to you because you deserve nothing less. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Take care. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. So now uh, we want to know what were your big takeaways from this interview with Rob and Hal, and what are you actually doing to become your best? Simply go to halelrod.com slash 080 for episode number 80, and leave a comment there in the show notes page, and let us know uh, what your big takeaway was, or if you have any extra questions that you want to have Hal address on a future episode of the podcast. Also, be sure to go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by going to hellelrod.com slash iTunes. You can click the little subscribe button. And if you haven't done so yet, we'd greatly appreciate a rating and review. This is how we help more people find out about the podcast and decide if this is the show for them. So that's the best way you can actually show your support for the show is simply leaving a review. And before we wrap up, just one more little announcement. Are you ready to make this year your best year ever? Simply go to byebonline.com to get access to the Best Year Ever Blueprint online course. This will help you turn the rest of 2015 into your best year ever. So now it's time for you to go out there to take action and achieve your goals. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.